0: This is The Back Check with Brendan Azov and Stefan Rosner, your go-to destination for New York hockey and NHL news. And now it's time to drop the ball. Here are your hosts, Brendan Azov and Stefan Rosner.
3: what's up everybody welcome to episode 51 of the back check brought to you by belly up sports and featured on unhinged radio check it out every five every tuesday at five o'clock on unhinged radio brendan and Stefan here as always we got a jam-packed episode coming up in the final 20 minutes is an interview with jameson coyle of the nhl network an awesome guest to have on great guy always gives us uh, the answers that we seek and he talks about some of his nhl network colleagues as well so you're definitely going to want to stay tuned to that, Stefan. What's going on, man?
2: Oh, uh, and two yesterday in, uh, in men's league, but I was two to zero this week in fantasy football, and I won by a combined margin of one point eight five points. That's impressive and very impressive. And I, yeah, it's, it's a great week, I guess. You know, losing That's in good. hockey, it happens, not out of my control. I filled in for your team. Yep, they weren't too good, so it is what it is. Hockey's back, so it doesn't matter.
3: They weren't good because I was not there. Okay. Let's preface this: my father's birthday, so I took a week off. Uh, happy birthday to dad, if he's listening, which he probably is not. Happy birthday, he Craig. Support me. No, I'm kidding. He does. Um, so anyway, let's dive into you know what we're going to talk about. I guess the first thing that we have to discuss is what just happened in the Ukrainian Hockey League. It's unfortunate that we're still talking about things like this in 2021. But if you did not see the incident, um, you, you might want to look up the YouTube video just so you can get a background story of just how disgraceful the act was. But I'll let Stefan kind of dive into it a little bit here.
2: Yeah. So Jalen Smerick, who is was a Coyotes prospect, he's taking a leave of absence due to the racial move by Andre Deniskin. Because what he did, again, watch the video. We're not going to get too much into detail. But the fact that he has to take a leave of absence to make a statement to a league that con- said that they don't condone racism in the sport is ludicrous. This guy should never play again. Should be kicked out for the remainder of his hockey career because – Again, there's some acts of racism. Nothing's okay. But this guy, what he decided to do was above and beyond something we've never seen before, which shows more that racism has been a part of this guy's life for a while because this is not something you just think about on the spot. This was well thought out or something that's part of a routine that happens often. It was just really, really messed up, but there's no place in the sport for what happened the other day
3: yeah definitely not and I feel like for Jalen's sake I hope the league does yeah uh take some measures I should say that way he can get back to playing because there's no reason that his playing career should be put on hold while he awaits the UHL's decision when it comes to this it should be the other way around yeah so hopefully the Ukrainian Hockey League (laughs) comes to its senses soon and I mean I don't know I'm not familiar I should say with the a ukrainian hockey league and i'm not sure how much national or international coverage they usually get but an incident like this has kind of blown up where now it's being seen in the u.s you got nhl players commenting on it so i feel like there's a lot more pressure on them than there typically might be to you know do some type of action here and kind of suspend Deniskin at least for the remainder of the season um if not indefinitely for the foreseeable future
2: but what do said say on his instagram you said he said something
3: yeah i saw a brief and this is not you know I'm not quoting him. It's just a summary, basically, where he apologized for the action, said it was wrong and, you know, disrespectful, but that he was caught up in, like, the emotion of the hockey game. I mean, Stefan and I have both played hockey, obviously not at that level, but I think anybody will tell you, any level that they play at, that you can get caught up in the emotion, and that's why physicality happens, fights happen, things like that. But that action, where the racist gesture that he made was, you know, kind of premeditated, you would think, because it was after a whistle. There was nobody around him. It was just the ref. So that's, that's a really half-hearted apology and, and bad excuse.
2: You just nailed it. Premeditated. This was thought out. I don't know if he went into the game of thinking, okay, I'm going to play a black player and I'm going to make this act. Something goes wrong, but this definitely is not something that just popped into his head. And if it was, that's even more of a problem in society that needs to be figured out. Cause it's just downright terrible.
3: Yeah, definitely. So not ideal um, at all to kick off the show, but it definitely something that had to be addressed and, what uh, we're going to go into some other stuff here, obviously Stefan and myself are both at the opening preseason game between the Rangers and the Islanders at MSG. Great to be back in the arena, you know, just to watch a hockey game live. And we were sitting around people. I think that we both thought it might be crowded. It might be empty. We weren't really sure it was a preseason hockey game, but there was a good amount of people, definitely a lot of loud people that were chanting for both sides, at least early on, once the Islanders started taking over. Rangers fans kind of quieted down. Mm -hmm. Not a great performance at all by anybody on the Rangers. I think that you know maybe Hunt showed a little bit. Kratzoff had a flash. Lafreniere had a flash. Goudreau took a five-minute major, which kind of killed all momentum early on. I I think I saw somewhere the Rangers had seven penalty minutes in the first period alone where they were shorthanded. Can't really start that way, and the Islanders didn't necessarily take advantage on the power play, but took advantage throughout the course of the game. And like we saw last year, shut out the Rangers.
2: Yeah, 4-0 too, which is exactly the same score that it was last time they played. One thing for the Rangers before you get the Islanders is Georgiev didn't look great. His yeah. rebound control, it I never mean that, does. for me, the 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 sign of a goalie being, you know, in the groove or in a in a good spot is rebound control. That means he's seen the puck well. He's seen what's happening in front of him, and he's in control. We didn't see it at all. It led to a couple of goals, but the Islanders were led by their veterans. You know, you had Brock Nelson scoring the opening tally on a great passing play. Shot goes off the pose tzikis scores clutterbrook scores and ross johnson and by the way brendan i know we talked about it in the moment johnson was out of midair it was it was so i looked at you right away and i said it was out of midair and i believed you when you said it wasn't but you were
3: wrong the the pass was sauced and i thought it landed but
2: maybe it was slightly off the ground but it said midair on the report so all in all for the islanders was great they played defense well sorokin was on his game again rebound control was perfect fighting through screens making saves that Aren't easy, very easy. Robin cried on the breakaway. Went with the wrong move, as Brendan told me, in the moment, which we both agreed on. But nevertheless, Siroki made a great play. He gets pulled after the clutterbuck goal halfway through the second. Scar comes in, shuts the door. Overall, good start for the honors. I think you want to see more of their youngsters be more creative and do something because, again, what the veterans don't really have much to prove besides that they're going to stay in the lineup, which everybody knows anyway. So young guys like Roddy, like Bellows even, who's got to show more. This team's a lot deeper than they were last year, I believe. And it's gonna be a fight for ice time. So great start though. Islanders are back in action tonight against the Flyers. They game won't be on MSG and the Rangers play who tonight?
3: The Rangers play Boston tonight. All I want to see is one goal. Um that would be <laughs> a start. I think we're gonna crawl that way uh it's it's preseason so you don't want to yeah. overreact I was upset you know when I went there with Stefan going to a Rangers game and you don't even get to chant a goal song that's usually a bad night well, you jinxed it I did I we talked about it before the game and I was like the one thing I don't want to see is a shutout right and of course what happens they get shut out I, I will say that for the what was it 33 minutes that Sorokin played he was locked in he wasn't tested too too often outside of that Kreider breakaway and Uh, The Lafreniere backhand shot was probably the next high-danger chance because the best chance the Rangers had all game was the Kratsov spin pass to Goudreau, and he fanned on the shot.
2: And then he gets ejected. And then he got (laughs)
3: ejected. But when you look at Sorokin, the one thing I will say in comparison to Shisterkin, because I feel like those two are going to be compared their whole careers, both in New York, both Russian netminders, Sorokin is a definitely – more calm version of shesterkin Correct. shesterkin and sorokin are both elite level goaltenders and they will be for the foreseeable future shesterkin likes to make those more acrobatic saves and sorokin is just it's eerily calm and yeah no matter what the situation is so it was a pleasure to watch him i i hate the people that are like on both sides are like oh shesterkin's better they're both really good yeah. goaltenders and, and they're both different that,
2: yes they have both of them haven't proved anything at the NHL level. You saw Storoken sure. last year start off really poorly against that Rangers. Spot start. That's tough, tough way to make your NHL debut. But overall, fantastic start to his NHL career. Saw what he did in that 30 game. So was that like two years ago? Or let
3: like, Well, his first twelve yeah, games. Or 12 he games yeah, yep. he
2: went off. He looked incredible last year. He was pretty good. It was just he didn't play every day. You know, they had three goalie system for a little bit. It was just it's rough. You, you want consistency. So I think for Shostakovich, and we talked about it already, it's about closing up and not allowing those softies because he's an unreal goaltender. It's just those little things. But, yeah, this is going to be a battle for the next, hopefully, 10-plus years for both teams. Because, again, goaltending is the biggest part of a team. If you don't have a goal, it's like a quarterback in football. If you have no goaltending, you're done. Like, I'm sorry, the Sabres, not that they have a good team anyway, zero goaltending this year. You don't really give your team a chance. I'm not you know making fun of Craig Anderson. He's had a great career. But at this point in his career, he's not a number one goalie, and especially on a team that's going to need – like the Sabres are a team that need like a Bordeaux-esque, Hasek-esque goalie in that just to probably be hovering around 500 hockey. They have nothing close to that. So for goaltending for the Rangers and the Islanders, they're going to be major parts in seeing hopefully both teams make the playoffs.
3: Yeah, so both teams play again tonight. Rangers play the Bruins. The Islanders play the Flyers. Uh, More hockey on TV. You know, it's it's the type of year where there's – sports that are going to be played right i mean i know that both of us are yankees fans so we got that big series tonight gonna be watching that yeah i'll have the rangers game on the other television i know that stefan's upset because the islanders game's not being televised i'll watch
2: the i'll stream um off the record i'll stream illegally and uh, i'll watch that <laughs> i know right now it's it's on uh, nbc philly but nobody wants to listen to the philly broadcast so.
3: yeah you can watch it on mute if you really want to watch hockey true. but it's it's always cool just to have all these sports back on definitely gives us something to talk about Uh, And we'll see obviously come towards the regular season, how the teams are looking is a much bigger indication as opposed to the first game when they're,
0: the actual voice of a winner
3: so we were talking before the show and I have an idea because every day on Twitter <laughs> when you're reading tweets about hockey right you got the people that and I'll use the Rangers as, as an example because it's what I'm the most tied into you bring in Reeves you bring in Blay, you bring in Goudreau you bring in these guys who are going to give you the intangible grit but the intangible leadership in the locker room as well and then you have the people that are hockey-minded only that say it's a great move, got to bring in that. And then you have the analytic people who put up the stats and they say no. And anybody that follows me on Twitter knows that I love analytics, but I also love the old-school hockey and I like to find that middle ground. So I think we should have a game show. Mm-hmm. There, there used to be a show where they would take old like warrior weapons and they would have people use them, and then they would run simulations and see which team or which side was the deadliest warrior, I believe, was the name of the show. I want to see the same thing with hockey, right? So I want to have an analytics guy build his best team and then a hockey guy build his best team and have some simulations ran. we see which team wins and like at the end of it, see which side is truly the better indicator of a good hockey squad. Because analytics, right, obviously they know what they're talking about. There's a reason it's been taken over every sport, not all, not only hockey. But old school hockey, there are some things that get played out on the ice where you kind of need that, that old school mentality. So I would love to see that play out.
2: It's very, very interesting. You definitely had a different childhood than I because I've never heard of that show, but it sounds like a (laughs) ton of fun to watch after 10 o'clock on a school night. But uh, you take, if a hockey guy was to make a team, again, you talk about those intangibles. Stats don't measure that. Yes, they measure the hits by those certain players like a Goudreau or or Reeves, but not what that hit means in the moment, in the situation. I think when you talk about playoffs, I think regular season-wise, the analytical team that's built probably does fantastic. When we go to the playoffs, we saw that. Look at Toronto Maple Leafs is the biggest example for me. I'm not saying that's analytically based, but on paper, which is analytics, Toronto's offense is superior. Defense is spotty, but Toronto's offense is superior and they should score. but then they go to the playoffs, they get shut out or they don't score enough. And it's those teams that are built on the chemistry, the physicality, the depth, the leadership. Those are the teams that win. Analytics doesn't really measure that stuff. And again, we talk about chemistry. Well, it doesn't really measure measure chemistry. Well, simulation-wise, production, if players work well together, they're going to produce more, back to analytics. So those are a little related. But I I do strongly believe that to win a Stanley Cup, the guy that builds a hockey team based on personality, leadership, stuff that stats don't measure, is more likely to win a championship than just solely analytics because we've seen it. We see predictions every year who's going to win a cup. That team rarely wins the cup.
3: I mean, analytics go – can only go so far, exactly. but so can the other mindset, exactly. right? Yeah. I mean, there are underlying things that analytics show which does help a hockey team. I mean, that's yeah, there's no argument there. Yeah, but I think when you look at somebody, and Ryan Reeves is the perfect example, Rangers went out and got him. And yeah, you could say it's because of Tom Wilson and they need him to stand up to him, but I think that there's a leadership aspect that was so attractive to Gerard Gallant, which is why he loved him during his time in Vegas. And you could see it playing out in practice already, just his ability to bond with the guys taking the young kids like Kratzov, and sure he's teaching him how to fight, but reality <laughs> is he's teaching him how to stand up for himself in case that situation emerges. And, and Reeves isn't on the ice. and Exactly. Yeah. And the first thing that I thought of, right. Yeah. And you could, because of the Russian comparison is Andrey Sveshnikov challenged Ovechkin in his rookie season and got pieced. And guess what? If he had that ability to maybe have a Ryan Reeves next to him, that could teach him a thing or two. He probably would have lost that fight, but he wouldn't have ended his season like the way it did. So I, you could you could look at that and go, oh, look, it's a, it's a goon squad. No, it's not. It's him just taking a young kid, spending time with him in a way that he's familiar with and building that rapport. And it goes a long way because Kratzov likely is not fighting this season. But he does know now that there's a guy on his team named Ryan Reeves who if somebody was taking some leeways with Kratzov, will stand up. And that, that builds confidence for a young players. So he might be a 10% you know, scorecard type of guy where analytics hate him, but there's certain intangibles that he brings that nobody else on the Rangers squad right now, or that they could have gotten on that open market, would.
2: I think you know people say uh, Reeves was brought in to fight Wilson. Obviously, that's not true. It's not for one player, but I think that whole Wilson incident brought about the idea that okay, the Rangers don't have players like that. Like on if a thing happens like that or a physicality, you don't have anyone there. You need someone to again. Yeah. We talk about the postseason. You need the physicality. You need that. So I think Reeves was brought in because that Wilson incident showed just what it, the issue was for the rangers what they don't have so it was a microcosm of what the macro issue is
0: yeah
3: and did the rangers go a little overboard trying to get that you know grit and toughness probably but in the end needed they still have nine forwards in that top nine that you think would be able to put the puck in the net so if you really think that you know the, the issue was grit then they did the right thing and I know that Pavel Buchnevich scored last night for St. Louis. He on and, a power play. Yep, and I saw Rangers fans were going, oh, here we go. It's going to start. In reality, Pavel Buchnevich, if you sign him for five years and $5 million, say, which I think would have been low for him, that $5 million is now not going towards Fox. It's not going to Kratzov, Lafreniere, Kakko, all these kids – that you have been so hype about for the future. So are you giving up on those kids already just to keep buchnevich who I think will plateau at most at 70 points? Or do you hope that these young kids pan out? They're going to take over his offensive you know, production that was missed now from the lineup, and now you have a more solid all-around team. That's my mythology when I'm thinking about this, or mythology, I should say.
2: Well, Drury's not an idiot. If he didn't believe in who he had in place, he would not have let Bucinevich go. He clearly believes in the youngsters taking another step, which is perfectly okay because they really should. If they don't, it's a sure problem. But I think Pooch never, it's like you said, he's going to cost money and he was going to take a roster spot away from one of these young guys. So now, if you do not believe these young guys were going to pan out, then of course you, you keep him and you pay him. But he's dispensable.
3: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So now we'll move on to a topic that <laughs> I would love to talk about because I have long since been keeping this inside. Okay. So I will let you go first. Because my response might be a little long-winded, but I feel like everybody talks about, especially on shows, you know, oh, this kid is this good or this player is this good. I love this player growing up. And you see it a lot right now with the Henrik Lundquist, you know, retirement ceremony getting announced, which I'm sitting here in (laughs) tears that I can't get tickets to because Oh, you can. I I can, but do I really want to spend, you know, sixteen hundred dollars on a pair of tickets to go watch a hockey game? As much as I want to say yes. That that's like a month rent right there. So it's
2: a month rent for you. That's one third of my bank account.
3: <laughs> it's not even, it doesn't even match my month's rent. So I can't it's tough. I'm I'm 50-50 right now. The fact that I'm 50-50 about yeah. dropping 800 dollars yeah. on a ticket is a little extreme. But you know, you talk about players like that all the time. So let's let's do the opposite. Who's like one player that you hated growing up?
2: Yes. Well, as a growing up, I hated the Flyers more than I hate the Rangers. That is because I went to – I think it was it was either a preseason game. I think It must have been preseason. The Islanders, I think, lost 9-0 to the Flyers. And I was there, and I didn't leave, and I watched the whole thing. It was so bad that whoever started in goal was replaced, and then they put him back in because the other guy couldn't stop anything. Yep. So then I hated the Flyers ever since. So growing up, the Flyer that just really pissed me off was Scott Hartnell. Everyone knows who that is. He played for Columbus as well. Nashville, I think, too. Just a gritty, gritty guy, no pun intended there, but it did work out well. Thank you. That's Thank quality. You. That's quality. He was just someone that I just couldn't. I don't know if it was the hair, the red, everything about the orange hair, like the. Every, he represented the Flyers to me. When I think of the Flyers, that was the first guy I thought of, and I hated the Flyers. Therefore, I hated him. But you, we talk about it, Brendan. And there's a lot of guys that you hate because you you ain't. You know, I hate yep. to say it like that, but hate us because they ain't us. What movie is that from? One of them. One of them. Yeah, that was from uh, the one when they go overseas to fight Kim Jong Un.
3: Oh my God! And kill him. The interview.
2: The interview. Jonah Hill and uh, who's the other guy?
3: Uh, James Franco. James
2: Franco. Yeah, hate us because they hate us. But no, that's seriously some guys you look around the league that you just hate because they're that good. Like everyone hates Crosby because well, for certain reasons I can't say on here. The, the word I want to use, but uh, they hate him because he's that talented. But for Scott Hartnell, obviously he was a great player playing in the NHL. But just to me, he embodied what it meant to be a flyer, and I could not stand that. It makes my skin crawl right now.
3: Yeah, that, that's a good one, actually. Yeah. I mean, Scott Harden, one of those guys that you would love love to be on your team, yeah. but he was a
2: pest. Oh, God.
3: He, he was. See, for me, there's three players that well, are, are on really other teams. This? Just... No, and this isn't even the one I'm talking about, but there's yeah. three that I hate to strong word, but I do hate these guys. The first one's Chris Simon. And I think uh, I, I started I like... hating him. It is an <laughs> Islander. But I, like, he was irrelevant. Yeah. And then after that whole incident where he two-handed him across the throat, yeah. God, uh, do it. disgraceful. The other two are Justin Williams and Alec Martinez because of obvious <laughs> reasons. <laughs> How
2: can you hate <laughs> Justin Williams? I, I,
3: don't, I don't hate Justin Williams. Okay. I hate Justin Williams in 2014 Stanley Cup Finals. I hate him then. And everyone was calling him Mr. Game 7. Yeah. No, no. Henrik Lundqvist is the king of Game Sevens. If you look at his numbers, it proves it. I hate Justin Williams for that. First game, overtime, sniped him. Hate him. Alec Martinez. Screw you. Anyway, the player that I dislike the most is Rick Nash.
2: Oh, because he screwed the Rangers. He just was useless.
3: Rick Nash is a very talented player. Was. He still probably is a very talented (laughs) player. He scored at Will in Columbus, came over to the Rangers. I've never been more excited about a trade. I remember being in camp at that time, and I was screaming, oh, my God, they just got Rick Nash. He had some good seasons in New York, but his disappearing act in the postseason cost him a couple of times. And the two reasons that I dislike him, the main reason is because of the empty net that he missed in oh, the Stanley Cup final, yep. where he had the whole net to shoot at. This guy's an elite-level sniper. We paid him to score goals, and he winds up hitting the defender's stick and missing the net by about an inch. And that goal would have made this a 2-2 series, as opposed to 3-0 coming back to, in, in New York. And we all know how that went. How did it happen? They, they lost the Stanley uh, Cup final. Okay. You know, I know that you haven't seen a Stanley Cup final in a sure. long time, but... Those games uh, get intense. In a long
2: time, I've never seen it.
3: That is true. <laughs> you, you have not. I've
2: met ne- most people. haven't seen it unless they're we're, over the age. We're
3: such poverty fans, man. I have never seen a Stanley Cup. I've only seen one championship from any of my sports teams, and it was the Yankees in 09.
2: We were alive, but we just that was the first one we actually watched.
3: So bad. And football in New York <laughs> is so bad.
2: football in New York is well. I don't count Buffalo. Football in New York is terrible
3: it's not even football in New York. It's high school football in New York. Basketball.
2: Is, it's basketball. Yeah. It's, it's tough to be a New York sportsman. But again, if you look at the, besides the Yankees who are always supposed to be good, you look at the other teams. I don't count the nets because super teams should, I don't count that at all. Cause that's just, that's just not sports. They're the closest
3: one right yeah, now. But that's uh, not
2: sports. But I talk about the Islanders and the Rangers. That's the coolest stuff happening right now in New York sports is just the rivalry. Cause again, Yankees and Mets, if both teams were good, they don't ever play each other. Yeah. Yankees and uh, Islanders and Rangers are in the same division. And you talk about hating Rick Nash. Who do you like Brad Richards more?
3: Brad Richards was awesome. He scored some big goals. I do hate the fact that he was on his knees trying to block Adam Henrique's shot when they lost in the conference final to the Devils. That I will always hate Brad Richards Oh, The overtime one? Yes, correct. But the main reason, not the main reason anymore. The second reason I don't like Rick Nash is because I went to the blue carpet, which is on Rangers opening night. They used to have, you could line up and the, the players would walk down the blue carpet, sign stuff. And I had a Sharpie. And Kevin Weeks was there. He wasn't playing. He was hosting for the NHL network, but he walked down it, signed it. Awesome guy. And then I see Rick Nash. So I leave the Sharpie open. And I think he's he's like five feet away. So I'm thinking I'm next. Just he just punched you in the face. No, he goes to the other side first and waiting, goes down, then comes back, and he signs it and it's not working. And he's like, Buddy, you gotta keep the cap on the Sharpie, and then just walks away. So all I had now is a faint faint rick nash signature i'm like you were two feet away from me you could have just signed it while the the cap was open so i gave the pucks to my brother my brother's like oh my god you don't want this i'm like no i hate that guy you could take it so ever since that moment it's just been ingrained in my thing that whenever i see rick nash great guy probably did nothing wrong in his life i dislike him
2: i mean sean avery is another one for me just but, again, that's one of those guys that you love having on your team. And he's a character now. I would he's love fun. to party with Sean. He, him. He's funny. Like, like obviously, he it was. he's an actor now. So I think most of it – not that it was an act, but that's just the way he played because that's how he was going to play at the NHL level. You know, you don't stick around. If you're not an ultra-talented scorer, you got to find ways to stay involved, stay on the in the lineup. And, obviously, he he had to do what he had to do. The funniest thing is when he – can we go back and with Tim there. Thomas?
3: What? Oh, bro, door.
2: No, he did something to Tim Thomas, too. They were skating – and like uh what's his name? Who we just talking about? It? Sean Avery. Sean Avery, yeah. Yes. Sean Avery skinning off the rink. And he, like, he, he, like he like elbows or like tries to hit uh Tim Thomas in the helmet, and Tim Thomas just flips flips the you know what. The Bordeaux, that's when he did the stick, he faced
3: him and That was too funny. He pissed off Brodo. I mean,
2: you look at other players like everyone hates Brad Marchand. I appreciate Brad Marchand to an extent because he's tiny. And as a small kid growing up, still small now. I don't know why I said that as a kid. But tiny hockey players that are small that have success, you got to love it. Like Martin St. Louis, perfect example. Young guys like that, Tyler Johnson, small small guys. Yanni Gord's not big either. So guys like that I appreciate. But obviously Brad Marchand's a pass. I'm trying to think of other guys that I just couldn't stand. Hartnell was the first guy that came to mind. And I think that's the only one that I'm going to come up with.
3: You just mentioned smaller guys. And we didn't even mention that the Rangers are retiring Lundqvist's jersey when they're playing the Wild. And Zuccarello is going to be back for that. And that I don't was know, on purpose. Of course, it was on purpose. When yeah. you watched the video of them interviewing Lundqvist after Zuccarello got traded,
2: oh, he was crying. Full
3: tears. Yeah. Couldn't even speak. And I personally, I think that he asked them to do it. And the reason I'm so tight that I can't go to this game is because. it's you're
2: 50 50.
3: i probably. Unless somebody's helping me out, unless I start a GoFundMe, maybe we'll start a back check GoFundMe to get Brendan to the game. Uh, <laughs> can't but, hurt. It, can, it can't help either, probably, but he, he he had four games that I was like, you know what, these are probably the four games they're going to do it. One was against the Caps. One was against the um, Wild.
2: One was against the Caps. Former Ranger and Capital goalie.
3: Correct. That's why I was like, you know, that's one of them. The other one is against St. Louis on his birthday where Bucinevich comes back, and then there was one against Tampa or Carolina because now all the former Rangers are on Carolina. So I was going to buy tickets to all four of those Oh, games. yeah,
2: nothing like Tony D'Angelo being present for – Well, you have
3: Smith, Foss, yeah, but they have Step on now too, right? Yeah. I mean, all those guys. So I was going to buy tickets to all four of those games, and then I was going to either go to all four, or if I know when his jersey retirement is, sell a couple, of uh, them, make my money back. And one of them would have been the wild game, and it was $120. bucks. you are an idiot. And I didn't do it.
2: You had the instinct – and you just, you just, I fed. circled
3: four dates and that was one of them. And I could have gotten it for 120 bucks. You might and hate, then I would have been tempted to resell it.
2: You might hate yourself for the rest of your life knowing that you had the right idea. Like you did the research, you had the right idea, and you just didn't pull the trigger.
3: It's so bad. Uh, it's eating at me.
2: Like you okay? a little
3: parasite. No, I'm not actually. I might have to stop recording the show.
2: <laughs> Good. we only got a couple minutes <laughs> left. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's really hard to hate players because you have to separate them from their team. Like, Obviously growing up as an Islander fan, the Rangers were the enemy. But I liked a, guy, a bunch of guys on the Rangers. I liked Henrik Lundqvist, one of the idols growing up because I was a goalie. I liked him a lot. Who else did I like? I liked Martin Saint Louis when he was traded there. Big fan of Callahan, the way like the way they played the game. You had to like appreciate that. There were so many guys on teams, that, like even the Flyers. I'm trying to think of some I, don't know, I really didn't like anybody in the Flyers. I, I no, I can't. Yeah, so no, much. there's actually no one. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one person that I liked that was on the Flyers growing up. Me, i me—I got to think back. That's a long time ago. I used to
3: like their goaltending because it was so bad.
2: Oh, when Mark Strike, the former Islanders captain, got traded to the Flyers, that was probably the only one I could root for. I just, yeah, I just can't. I'm sorry. I, I, anytime I see the PHI, oh, oh, can't stand that city.
3: If you ask my little brother, he'll tell you how much I hate the Islanders. Uh, the Flyers, not the Islanders. I do not like the Islanders either, but I can tolerate them.
2: Yeah, the fly, I don't know. I just, for some reason, I just, I will not be able to ever look at them and say, oh, right, let's, unless we're betting on them. If we're betting on them to win, that'll be the only time that I root for them. But we're not likely you to. You know do what?
3: It. I will say the only time I liked the Flyers was when they were playing the Rangers in the Winter Classic and they did that road to the Winter Classic, the 24 7 thing. And I found out that their victory song was Knock Knock by Mac Miller. that was fun that's a good song so they they chose well but then they flashed to scott hartnell singing it and i'm sure he probably had ptsd
2: you think i remember that
3: well you just forgot sean avery (laughs) mid-conversation while you were talking about sean avery
2: dude too many hits to the head i got it too many hits to the head and just dumb decisions i guess i my memory is so. oh by the way speaking of memory i memorized how to get to your house
3: did you yeah i don't even know
2: that um i took it takes me a very long time to i could go to the same place 20 times and not know it but i finally you know i'm not going to give your address out but i finally found a way to get to your house without using the gps so
3: i will say that the respect level that i have for people having to get around without gps is is through the roof right
2: now i can't imagine being born without technology because my dad or my grandma will say all right you take this side but then you go to this side and i just look at them and go first off I have no idea what you just said because I'm not gonna remember that. Two, I'm gonna rely on my phone. If my phone sends me to Guam, I'm following it.
3: Probably. Yeah.
2: So you know.
3: I went to a restaurant yesterday and it told me to turn right off the exit and the restaurant was on the left. I don't know if they moved locations, but I was lost for a good ten minutes trying to figure out and it was like two hundred feet away.
2: By the way, I still miss exits and stuff with the GPS. I still mess up directions with the GPS. So I'm very proud of myself that I am that I'm here right now and I was able to get here safely. Mm
3: Very appreciated since I can't do this by myself, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, guys, after this break, Jameson Coyle of NHL Network joins us. Fantastic interview. And, uh, yeah, check it out.
3: All right, Stefan and I are now thrilled to welcome back to the show NHL Network's own Jamison Coyle. Jamison, thank you for coming on again. How are you doing today,
1: man? I'm doing great. It's good to be back, an alumni of the, uh, the back check <laughs> yes, here. Sir. So yeah, happy happy to talk to you guys again. That's for sure.
2: Really do appreciate it. So Jamel, how about them Yankees, though?
1: Oh man, I knew I knew I knew that was going to come up at some point because you were you were trolling me on Twitter last night, but. Hey, you know, if the playoff started today, both teams are in it and uh, it's it's one game to see who advances. So we got a week left and your schedule is a little bit tougher than my Red Sox. So we'll see how the, uh, the cards shake out here in the next seven days.
2: Gotcha. So I know you got a little goalie at home. What's that been uh, like being a goalie yet
1: I've got just equipment like all over the house these days. It's unbelievable. Um, I have a greater appreciation for goalie parents, you know, growing up and you know, I work with, obviously, goalies that play at the highest level, Kevin Weeks, and now I have a great appreciation for what his mom and dad went through going to the rink, because my son's at the lowest level of organized hockey right now, just kind of wreck in-house, learn-to-play type stuff, and it is excruciating for my wife and I, just sitting there, every time the opposing team touches the puck, you're like, oh my God. It's just, it's so nerve-wracking, but it's great. He loves it. He doesn't feel any pressure. He wants to do it, so it's like... All right. For, his, for as much as I tried to steer him in the other direction, he's gravitating towards goalies. So we're all in at this point, but it's, oh, it's I'm awesome. getting a lot of help. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think Kevin Weeks give him a, a couple of pointers here and there, you know?
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> there's there's worse people to help him along the way than some of the connections I've made at the NHL network. So at least I've got that going for us. That's true. See, the hardest part at that age, I feel like is getting dressed. To put yeah. Stuff no, on. because I have to do it for him. Exactly. Right? And then he, it's almost like the Michelin man, combined with like that kid from, you know, a Christmas story where it's just, they, they can't move in the equipment. Like, so I'm just, no. you know, the leg pads and stuff. I'm like, Jack you good? He's like, yeah, <laughs> move out there. I'm like, all right, whatever. I think this is how it's supposed to look. So as
3: long as you're protected, go get them. You got the old fashioned like uh, straps where you got to actually put through the hole. No, no. Right? So
1: like, I guess technology's come a long way. It's, <laughs> it's literally, it's like, huge yep. velcro velcro that's it velcro so awesome. it's pretty much dummy proof that, that's I, I, what my
2: I, pads are yeah, yeah just all velcro too it's, yeah it takes see? about 10 seconds rather than 35 minutes so
1: right and i remember when i played i played one game in net when i was you know i think his age and i have a shutout patch from usa hockey by the way humble brag nice. yeah okay. i didn't face yeah. a shot but i still got the <laughs> patch um but it was just yeah it was like 78 buckles like old school leather buckles i was like how do you do this? And all my straps were hitting the ice and stuff. So it's come a long way. It's a little bit easier to get them get them suited up.
2: So speaking about Kevin Weeks, um, he'll be working with NHL Network and also ESPN. Mm-hmm. We work with him often. What about him makes him such a good person to follow with hockey? He, I mean, he knows so much.
1: Yeah, I think one his um, his work ethic. It's it's infectious. You know, he grinds, and I have in the this will be our seventh year together working in uh, Secaucus at the at the we call the new nhl network um i've never seen him come in and not be you know on the phone talking to someone whether it's a former player current player former gm current gms front office people just insiders he is he's constantly talking to people right so he's so he's so in tune and tapped into what's going on obviously in the league plus he's, he's just his personality he, uh, he just brings it every single night. There is no – he doesn't flip an on switch. That's just who he is. Um, his energy, his passion, his love for the game. Um, he treats the game with so much respect, given everything that the game has given him in his life. So, I, I mean, I can go on and on about working with Weeks. He's the kind of guy that, you know, when you work with him, he makes everybody better. It's, it's infectious. So his work ethic, his personality – his energy, all of that combined, makes it you know second and in this business. I think he's the best.
2: It definitely comes through when you're watching all the shows. I mean, just I, he was on Spin and Chickens, of course, telling his story and the grind he went through as a player. And then, like you just said, the work ethic is there. He I know they asked him about if he wanted to get into management. He goes maybe, but he just loves. He wants to be good at everything he does, and he's willing to put in like maximum effort to make that happen. Yeah, and it's he crazy. does that
1: like whether it's in hockey or whether it's his in business. I know he's in some real estate down in Florida now. It's everything he does, he wants to just crush it. Yeah. Cooking, like he's I mean, he'll go to New York City and we call it, he's got a hashtag eats with weeks, right? He's he's a foodie. And like even when he's whipping up pizzas at home, he's getting the best ingredient. He wants everything to be the best. And I mean, it, it's just unbelievable. It all goes back to just that work ethic and that that care factor he want he wants everything perfect and it show, shows across everything he does yeah, he's like the NHL's
3: version of like Shaquille O'Neal, where he's starting to do all the uh, separate endeavors while I'm being on. TV. Yeah, yeah, we're Not just getting an be... icy
1: hot commercial right now. From <laughs> I mean, it's at any any time I'm watching TV, Shaq's sponsored by everything. Yeah. So I don't think Weeksy's quite there yet, but a couple no. more commercials and sponsorships, will be right up there with Shaq. Did you see... Shaq's a did, business. Genius, uh, but is,
2: man. did you see that they are finally giving the general the credit it deserves for the car commercials?
1: Oh, unbelievable! Like there's no. <laughs> there's nothing Shaq won't sell, you know? It's <laughs> I, Cadillac to the general, Gets up icy hot patches, you name it. But like you said, I mean, the guy, this is a guy who probably made, I don't even know how many, hundreds of millions as a player and now still just grinding away. So I think it's, you know, it goes back to that first question about Weeksy. It's, I think there's just, these guys are programmed a little bit differently than, than you and I. And, you know, that's why they had so much success as a professional athlete and they have so much success in just, you know, life. Yeah,
3: definitely. And, you know, kind of keeping it on that topic, obviously you have a very close working relationship with Kevin Weeks, who's now going to be going over to ESPN and doing some stuff there as well. So I was just kind of wondering, uh, is there any like talks of maybe some inter-network, you know, stuff going on between the NHL network and the new broadcast to try to loop everything in?
1: I don't know. I hope so. Um Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of, that's kind of above my pay grade. Um And, and we'll see where it goes. I mean, I think it's, Look, it's good for the sport if everybody's kind of, you know, mingling, so to speak. Um, and I think it's great that now we have, you know, Turner and ESPN. I think the more we push our product on the casual fan, I think the better off we're going to be as as hockey fans in general. So I certainly hope there's some synergy between, you know, the two national broadcasts and then us as the league-owned network. But, you know, again, <laughs> that those decisions are above my pay grade. And if they tell me that we're doing an interview with somebody from ESPN, then, then I'll show up and do it. But uh, yeah, I, I certainly hope so. From a, a personal standpoint, I think it's anything we can do to get more eyes on the game. I think the better off we're going to be.
2: So I did see a picture on Twitter a, a couple of weeks ago about you. You were holding a Danbury Thrasher Mike Ruff jersey. What did I do with that?
1: Uh, I just grabbed it. Right. So we. So he. <laughs> it's this kind of goes back a couple of years now. So like two years ago, he had told me uh, that he was he was sitting down for like a Netflix interview about this documentary coming out and you know i knew he played for the danbury trashers and a a little bit of the story that went you know with it that it was kind of a crazy story that he played during the lockout whatnot but you know fast forward two years and this phenomenon on netflix and everybody's talking about it and um so i watched it myself right and all of a sudden and i knew he was part of it but i didn't know he had that kind of role in this Massive documentary, like the the second most popular thing on Netflix. So all my buddies and everybody, oh my God, Rupper, you gotta tell me, you gotta talk to Rupper. I have so many questions. So I happened to work with him that following week when it got released. And he, I was like, dude, the Jersey, like, where is, he's like, "It's it's in a cardboard box in my basement. Like, he's like, I gotta pull it out. So he pulled it out, he brought it in. I'm like, this is like the most coveted sweater in all of hockey right now. This Danbury Trashers, number 17. And there's only one, right? Like, it, it's only his. And he only wore it for, you know, 15 games or however many games he played. So he brought it in one day, and I threw it on, and I was like, I had to take a picture with it. I mean, the
3: logo's awesome. He's been
1: getting offers, too. Like, people have been just, like, emailing him, texting him. Hey, how much? Like, uh, 20K. I'm, uh, you know, like, I don't know what the offers are. I'm just throwing numbers out there. But I'm sure he's getting some – some good. I don't, I don't know if he's going to part ways with it. I think it's. I think it's sentimental at this point for him. Twenty k for a treasure shirt. Sure, oh, <laughs> kidding me! I'd sell it for twenty cents. That's the kind of businessman I am. I mean, the logo is awesome. Like, it's I, great,
3: think, right? Whoever came up with that has to have some serious creativity. Wouldn't be my yeah. first
1: guess for a logo design. No, man, but... no, it's great, and the fact that it. I don't know, like it's been that long. And now all of a sudden it's, it's gaining steam again. I think they opened up the team shop and, you know, like striking while the iron's hot again. So I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it was, it was a good run then. And you know, it's kind of, it's got this rebirth in the last couple of weeks. So
2: we'll see. So we spoke about obviously Kevin Weeks and what he brings to the shows, but when you're watching a game in the studio, who's that one guy that's always giving insight, breaking down plays when you guys are off camera.
1: I think it's everybody. You know, I think that's what makes uh, the NHL network so special. So we'll watch in, you know, a room that has like six six TVs and the best nights are the ones that have, you know, seven seven o'clock starts and we can just put them all on and how these guys watch the game. Like, I, I, I'm just not wired that way. I have to like, I have to focus on one game and one TV whereas these guys are like, hey, check out that breakout over there. Oh, look there. Like, I'm just like mind boggled but the way they see the game is uh, it's so unique and you can tell why um they made it to the highest level and why they're so good at explaining it um for viewers but each guy kind of brings a unique perspective right so if i'm watching with weeks he obviously he, he's going to talk about everything that's going on but his his specifics are mainly goalie oriented whereas you know if i'm sitting down with mike rupp he's he's looking at it from a different perspective. So all these guys kind of bring a, a unique element to what they see, which is why I think it's it's great for our viewers when these guys are kind of rotating in and outs, kind of on the network, where you get different perspectives each and every show, each and every night. Yeah,
3: definitely. And you know, before we get off the mic rope topic, I think that people that listen to the show are going to be upset if I don't bring it up. He released his mm-hmm. USA 4 locks and Adam Fox wasn't on, and I think Rangers Twitter kind of had a panic attack there. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> I just wanted to say, you know, is he does he think Fox will make the team, or were those just four people that he sees as like kind of cemented in, and then Fox? Matt, yeah, and
1: I think look. So for for our creative midsummer <laughs> shows, we gotta we gotta juice them up a little bit, right? So he had to have some locks, and he had to have some bubbles. And I think I think Fox was a bubble guy, right? I think like, we didn't just completely omit yeah. the Norris Trophy winner. So well, I the, think, the yeah, thing was, that
3: was trending was that one picture where it was oh, just before, the yeah. and then people were oh, going no, crazy. Trust <laughs> me, we know,
1: and we hear about it, and I believe my name was attached to it because by default I was sitting next to him. So yeah, I know I got I got some heat in my mentions as well. Um, look. I think USA hockey is in a great situation, right? The fact that we're even having the discussion of the reigning Norris trophy winner as a bubble guy for your blue line. I think that goes to show not only where, you know, USA hockey and the Olympic team is at, but just how, how skilled the league is at this point with young talent. So I think he's going to be on the team. I hope he's on the team as a fan of, you know, the red, white, and blue coming up for gold. So We'll wait and see, but yeah, you know, cut cut rubber some slack here, you know. <laughs> well,
3: he's usually the one guy that's always, you know, preaching about the Rangers' future, all this stuff, too. Yeah. I know that his sleeper for was Nils Lundquist. He said he was excited about him. Yeah. So you know, he's never really drawn the ire of Rangers Twitter, but I saw uh, yeah, he had all to of mix it up. Yeah, he <laughs>
0: gonna to, to start the
1: season. Yeah.
2: He didn't he didn't get enough attention with the trasher stuff. He needed to bring <laughs> wow, himself back into I know. the mix. I,
1: his phone has been off the charts. These past couple of weeks for interviews and everything, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, cut them some slack on that one. <laughs> we will, we will.
2: So, um, obviously you get to interview some amazing people, players, former players, past players. When you think about that one player you got to interview, past or present, who who comes to mind?
1: Oh man,
2: yeah, throwing you on the spot one. there.
1: Yeah, no, it's just, there's so many, right? Um, gosh, I don't even know. I mean, are we we just doing? You hockey could give us, can give us, go- give us your.
2: You can give us our top four locks and a couple oh, of bubbles. Oh,
1: here we go. Here we go. Um, I, like, I grew up a Bruins fan, right? Yeah. So, you know, getting to interview Johnny Busick and Ray Bork at the Winter Classic at Notre Dame was really – it was a cool experience. Um, I've had the chance to speak to Wayne Gretzky. Like, as a kid who grew up playing hockey – it doesn't get better than that. You know, it's just, ah, God, there's so many. And, and like, I'm trying to think on the spot and we've done so many interviews and had the, the opportunity to be in so many places and talk to so many people. It's just, Oh my gosh, I can't even like you know, two weeks ago it was Chris Chelli. I mean, just so many guys. I can't, I, that's a hard one. I can't. I can't. I apologize. The only – no, no, no. The only interview that I've ever kind of gotten not nervous for, but like the, oh, wow, was when I wasn't working just in hockey. It would have been Tom Brady in New England like one-on-one just because uh, – a different level of like oh yeah, superstar with that guy and his lifestyle and stuff. But when it comes to hockey, they're just so – Every, they're so down to earth all these guys whether it's you know Gretzky or whether it's some some kid who just got drafted out of the OHL or something like that they're all level-headed kind of blue-collar people that yeah there's there's no real intimidation factor because they uh they treat you like one of their own kind of things so that's a terrible point. answer because you put me on the <laughs> spot and so I'm just gonna go with the blanket there's been so many I can't wear you. Down. You
3: name-dropped a good amount of people, though. So that's-
1: <laughs> and then, the thing is, I'm just – I mean, there's so many. If I if I went back and, like, really thought about it, it, unbelievable. I'm just thinking, you know what? We were out in L.A., and they did the NHL Top 100, right? Remember that? At the All-Star Game kind of thing? Yeah. And after that awards presentation, we had guys just literally walking to our set. So, I mean, we, Team Mussolini, Joe Sackick, like – There's just too many, literally too many. Sorry, terrible answer. That's what I'm. Well, when you when you're doing interviews,
3: right? I know, like on the show, a lot of them are over the phone, video, something like that. But is there a different vibe for
1: you, at least, when it's in person compared to over the phone? Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's just more of a a human elements and and more of a connection, right? I mean, there's nothing there's nothing natural about this. You know, this isn't how you really talk to people. I mean, maybe in the last 18 months, yes, this is our new, new norm, or at least we're becoming more and more comfortable with it. But, yeah, if you have a chance to kind of just sit in a room, and it, it, I think people let their guards down a little bit more. It's more conversational. And, you know, yeah, I, if we had a preference to be in person versus uh, Zoom or, you know, FaceTime or whatever, obviously I think you get a more authentic conversation kind of in person because you can you can read body language and you're not worried about your Wi-Fi cutting out, things like that.
2: Was it hard to get used to getting back into the swing of things, not being at home? I know when you we talked last and everything like that, you know, you're really at home with all the gadgets all over your house, but now you're back. Mm-hmm. Is it so much more of a relief to go into the office and be able to do yeah. that far?
1: Oh, absolutely. Like it, it gives you such an appreciation for being able to go to the office and you know just be around other like-minded people that, um, you know, have such a passion for not only television, but the sport. And it's just easier. Like I said, you know, when we're sitting at a desk and I've got Rupper and Weeksy next to me versus I'm just staring into a camera, you can't, it's hard to like feed off their energy or everybody's kind of always talking over. It's very segmented. It's like, I'm going to tee you up with a question. I'm going to pause because I don't want to trip over your words. And Whereas you're in studio, it's just you're you're just hanging out. It's almost like being at a bar, just kind of watching a game, talking hockey, things like that. It's it's much more natural, and uh, I will never ever take that for granted ever again because I never want to broadcast from my house ever again. I got three year olds running to the bathroom, and no, never. Again. It wasn't it wasn't a good setup.
3: Yeah, not the normal day in the life of NHL uh, Network Coach. No, no. <laughs> so you you mentioned talking hockey, so I guess it's a good segue now <laughs> to get into the season. So, is there anything you know off season move wise that that makes you excited for a particular team this year?
1: You know what? I was thinking about this. I'm the thing I'm most excited for is just like a normal season. Like we're we've got training camps going on right now, preseason action. We've got an October start. We're gonna have. April playoffs and we've got our winter classics. We've got our outdoor games. We've got our all-star games. We're going to throw an Olympics. Like the last couple of years, what we've started in August and we've started in January. Like my head doesn't work that way. It just it. I'm glad that we got to get through things like that, but just to kind of go back and, and follow an 82 game season and a little normalcy, regularity. I, I'm i most excited for that. Obviously, you know, last night it really set in. I flipped on the uh, Kraken, their first preseason game. And that's – I'm not a huge preseason guy, like, for for whatever reason, and it's any sport. Like, I can't do it in football, um, spring training, baseball. Like, if the games don't mean something, I don't usually tune in because I I need them to mean something. And last night I flipped it on, and I just, like, I don't know. Seeing the Kraken on the ice, the sweaters were gorgeous. The fans were into it. And they played in Spokane and that's four hours away from Seattle. But just like the energy, I'm like, it fired me up. I'm like, let's, let's get to October 12th. Let's go. So I'm excited for a normal regular season. I'm pumped to see the cracking. And I'm also, I'm excited to see like the the normal realignment that we had pre-pandemic with, you know, back to our normal divisions of the Atlantic, the Metro. Uh, I'm going to miss the all Canadian division, but it's going to be interesting because a team like Toronto can't just run away with things, right? They're they're maybe the third, fourth best team in the Atlantic now because you've got the Panthers, you've got Tampa, you got Boston. So kind of excited to to just get back to what we had two years ago.
3: Yeah, you, you mentioned normalcy though. I was kind of enjoying wearing a tank top, sipping a daiquiri in the summer, <laughs> watching some hockey. I don't know. Yeah,
1: okay. In that aspect, yeah, it wasn't bad, right? But it just, I don't know. For me, it's like, this is the best time of the year. The weather's turning. Got a little crisp over the weekend. Um, football, you got postseason baseball and then hockey starting up. So it just yeah. it feels right to me right, right now. So I'm back and I'm ready to roll.
2: So we, because uh, we went to the Islander Ranger game last night and I'm, we're walking in and my heart just started like giving me some palpitations because it was so surreal to, all right, we're actually at a game. Like you just said, it's going to be an 82 game season. The season's going to start. You have so many things going on. It kind of feels surreal.
1: Right. And like last year when we started, right, we started in January and every arena was kind of different when it came to attendance figures. And, you know, I know like Florida and Dallas, they were kind of the first. And then, you know, by the end of it, we were starting to get back to, you know, close to full capacity at some arenas and then full capacity at some arenas. But I think, you know, with the way things are trending right now, hopefully, fingers crossed, it's back full capacity to start the season. We stay that. And it's just yeah, it just it feels normal which is what we've all missed, I think, you know? And I think, you know, as I, I think we took it for granted too. And I'll never take that for granted again. Like, I think I have the best job in the world when it comes to being able to travel to the Winter Classic and Stanley Cup Final and being on site and things like that. And, you know, that changed the last two years. Uh, we were so fortunate to be able to travel finally for the Stanley Cup Final last year to Tampa and just to feel the energy inside that building. Like, I'm, I'm getting chills right now. Just thinking about it, I think I cried during the national anthem. Don't tell anybody, but like game one in Tampa, it was just like it was so surreal to be back in that kind of atmosphere that I I am on off nights. I'm going to be at, at the arena every single night. Like I just I'm never going to ever take it for granted again, just based on the last two two seasons and what kind of we had to deal with, you know, with everything going on.
3: Yeah, I will say that you mentioned the national anthem, right? And the, the chills that you got in the Stanley Cup final. Last night we were in attendance at the opening preseason game, of the New York Rangers, New York Islanders, and everyone standing for the National Anthem m h d was probably the biggest crowd I've personally seen in a preseason game in a long
1: time. Like people are just ready to be there for hockey. Yeah. And it's awesome. You did
3: get yeah. chills last
1: night, too. Right. And that, like you said, that's preseason, right? I think I think I don't think I'm the only one in saying that, yeah, maybe we took took sporting events for granted. And it's such a, it's a treat and it's a, it's a luxury now going forward that like you get that opportunity. You're going to make the most of it. That's for sure. You're going to just soak it all in.
2: Yeah. So Jameson, we really do appreciate you coming on. Obviously it was awesome to get insight into NHL network. And obviously like you, we are equally as excited for the scene to start because, and for the Islanders, they should be a, a top team in the Metro. The Rangers should be a playoff team. Your Bruins should be doing great. We'll see what happens with the goaltending, but they should be solid. I mean, their team's a well-rounded team. So, again, we do appreciate you coming on, and we definitely want to speak to you again soon.
1: Absolutely, guys. Keep up the great work. Uh, you guys have come a long way since uh, my first you know, stint here to now. So, who knows? Third time could be the charm down the road, and you guys are on to bigger and better. So, keep up the great work, and, and like you said, let's, uh, let's drop the puck here and get going.
0: The Back Check is your one-stop shop for NHL news and all things Rangers and Islanders. Thanks for sticking with us for this edition of The Back Check. Follow the show on social media at BackCheckPod.